Hi, this is Sanjeev Gupta with Socialism in the Time of Corona. Season 3 of this podcast opens with an exercise in socialist imagination with organizers from the Democratic Socialists of America, or DSA. A few days after Biden's inauguration, we held our own counter-inauguration laying out our alternative vision of the 100 days programs announced by U.S. presidents at the beginning of their terms. This is not purely a speculative exercise. The extent to which Biden's presidency goes beyond a return to normal will depend crucially on the left's ability to mobilize around some of the demands and aspirations you'll hear in this episode. In part one, we'll hear from the DSA's National Political Education Committee, which organized the event, as well as the Democratic Socialist Labor Commission, or DSLC, and the Socialist Feminist Working Group. This podcast is not affiliated with the DSA, and all audio is included with the permission of the individual participants. My name is Daphna, and I'm a member of the National Political Education Committee. Welcome to our National Alternative Inauguration event. Also, the topic of our event tonight, 100 First Days of Socialism, what we would do if we were in power. And we'll be hearing from different people within our organization, comrades from National Political Education Committee, as well as the Afro-Socialists and Socialists of Color Caucus, the Green New Deal Campaign, the Socialist Feminist Working Group, Young Democratic Socialists of America, our student section, and the International Committee, and the Democratic Socialists Labor Commission. These are not going to be representative of every political position in our organization. We are a broad tent, but they will give some perspective and hopefully open a period of discussion uh, around our political goals and what those should be, what the strategy we need to achieve those goals in the coming months ahead of this summer's convention. Um, And so the first person that we'll be hearing from tonight is Sanjeev from the National Political Education Committee. Sanjeev, take it away. Thank you. Um, So here's our current scientific understanding of the origins of the universe. 14 billion years ago, there was nothing, not even empty space, because you need objects to have space between them, Uh, not even time, because to measure time, uh, you need objects that change over time. Everything in the known universe was compressed into an infinitely small point called a singularity. And 14 billion years ago, this infinitesimal speck exploded, spewing forth all the matter and energy in the known universe, and also creating the dimensions of space and time uh, into which all of us are born, uh, live, and of course, die. Now, you might be wondering, am I in the right Zoom call? Uh, What does this have to do with anything? Uh, How is this knowledge useful? Um, Well, it's not. Unless you're aspiring to be one of the handful of people who make their living as astrophysicists or something like that, Um, This knowledge is useless in any practical sense, and you're probably going to forget it it quickly. 
But maybe for a few minutes, you experienced, you know, some wonder or some excitement or pleasure, uh, some curiosity. Maybe you want to learn some more just because it sounds kind of cool. Well, as socialists, we believe that all people have a natural right to these feelings of wonder, connection, curiosity, as much as we have the right to health, nutrition, political expression, and so on. Um, if you're lucky enough to know some babies or young kids, you know that knowledge and you know discovery um, is pleasurable just because it is. Uh, it requires no other justification. Um, and that is what education should be about. Um, so we don't just want free education, though that's very important. We want nothing less than to free education, to free it from being mostly about trying to survive uh, the relentless waves of technology and automation, for example. Uh, we want nothing less than to free education so that it's instead mostly an indulgence. Uh, it's about taking pleasure in learning new things. Uh, and that means freedom from economic uncertainty, racism, patriarchal oppression, war, the destructive effects of climate change, all of these things take away from our individual and collective capacity for enjoyment, for, for wonder. So in the first 100 days of a socialist government, uh, we will start night schools in every town for people to teach other some useful things like how to allocate taxes and budgets, uh, where to build uh, public parks, uh, you know, uh, how to increase uh, affordable housing and so on. But these schools will also allow people to teach other all kinds of useless things, such as how to write songs and poems, um, how to draw, uh, how the universe began. Uh, at the same time, we will be canceling student debt, uh, implementing the Green New Deal, and all the other things you'll hear about later this evening. The less we need to worry about things like the cost of education, for example, the more time and energy we'll have for real education. Uh, meanwhile, the National Political Education Committee encourages all chapters to conduct their own socialist night schools on the basic ideas of socialism. And if your chapter doesn't already have a structure in place, we'd love to help. Right. Thank you. Thank you, Sanjeev. And actually, um, I think we're going to go on to uh, hear other from other speakers. But before we do that, we want to ask, we want to pose this question uh, to everyone, not just to our speakers, what would we do in our first 100 days in office? And because we're building a movement that is rank and file, that is democratic, everyone needs to be equipped to weigh in and raise their voice. We need to build an organization um, of workers who are regardless of formal education. Um, just riffing off of uh, Sanjeev over here, intellectuals really at the highest level, big thinkers, visionaries, and these are skills, not things that anyone is born doing. So that's why um, in political education, we try to give everyone an opportunity to work out their thoughts and ideas with comrades. Um, so this question is for each and every one of you. We're gonna break out momentarily. It doesn't matter how long you've been a socialist, what do you think we would do uh, if we were in power? And I'll see you on the other side when we get back from uh, the groups to hear from our speakers.
the next speaker. It's Jake from the uh, Democratic Socialist Labor Commission. Hey, um, my name's uh, Jake Douglas. I use he, him pronouns. I'm an elected leader on DSA's National Labor Commission or the DSLC. Um, yeah, I super appreciate the opportunity to talk to you all tonight about um, our vision for a democratic socialist government, how it could help revive militant labor movement in the United States, and what we can do to fight for that future right now. But um, first, I want to tell you a little bit about where I'm coming from. So um, four years ago, I was working for United Airlines in the uh, catering department at the uh, airport in Denver. So we're the people who make your food if you fly first class. And as you might expect, the vast majority of my coworkers were immigrants, people of color, and women. My friend Maria made um, $11 an hour after 20 years working for United. And other friends lived with 15, uh, 20 family members in the same home, and maybe only a couple of pieces of furniture in the entire house. <clears throat> and so um, fed up with years of abuse, my coworkers and I decided to fight back. We started organizing. Um, not only in Denver, but in four other cities at the same time after we learned that the Railway Labor Acts, which applied to us, meant we had to organize not just in one place, but the entire company at the same time. Uh, we did everything right, and in four days after months of planning undergrounds, we signed up 80% of 3,000 workers for the union. But signing a supermajority didn't mean we had the union. No, we had to wait for an election to basically voting again for the union a second time. And thanks to the Trump administration's National Labor Relations Board, or NLRB, we had to wait uh, nine months, actually, before we could finally vote again. Um, and during that time, the company intimidated and fired many of my closest comrades and leaders in our campaign. Even then, after we won the election with more than 70% of the vote, the company delayed negotiations over and over again. Uh, on the raises in healthcare that we needed. We even took a nationwide strike to vote every airport in the country, but the government forced us into arbitration instead, threatening financial penalties that could eviscerate the union. And then finally, when the pandemic hit, the NLRB simply hit pause on our negotiations and hasn't forced the company to settle still. So this is the kind of hostile political environment and legal regime that workers face in America every single day when they try to fight for the most basic kinds of decency and respect. More than 50% of workers in the United States want to be in a union um, based on any poll you read, but only 10% are because employers have every tool at their disposal and all we have is the power of our solidarity. Um, under a democratic socialist administration though, we could start to try to even the playing field and to change the rules of the game. If Bernie Sanders had been elected with major support in Congress, Right now, we would be passing reforms that would make it easier for workers to organize, to fight their boss, and to win concessions, not harder. <clears throat> so that would include things like card check. So as soon as a majority of workers sign union cards, they have a union. And the government would force their company to start negotiating immediately, maybe even force them to settle within a certain period of time. Um, banning so-called right-to-work laws. So stopping the state from weakening unions from within and enabling free riders in those unions. Um, reviving the right to strike, uh, including for federal workers. And when one group of workers wants to strike in solidarity with other workers, one of the most powerful tools 
um, during the Great Depression and the New Deal that was banned quickly after. But we can't just wait for the next Bernie either. The stakes are too high. And right now, the Biden administration is saying, much like the Obama administration did, that they intend to pass major labor reforms. But we all know what happens when we just wait um, on the promises of Democrats. And so right now, uh, the DSLC is working to build a campaign with the Green New Deal Committee as well to fight to mobilize the entire labor movement to support the PRO Act, which um, would include you know, some, but not, not all of these reforms, um, but has enough within it that it could dramatically improve the ability of the labor movement to organize and to build back the strength it used to have. And so um, we're gonna be fighting to organize the, thank you for dropping that, um, fighting to organize um, and mobilize in DSA tractors across the country to get unions to, to actually fight and to pressure Democrats um, to make sure that uh, they, um, they listen to, to labor and support labor unions and not just say so on paper while stabbing us in the back like every previous <laughs> uh, Democrat administration has done um, the last few decades. So if you'd like to get involved in helping um, this push for the most important uh, labor, um, labor law reform in the last few decades, um, we just dropped a Google form in the chat. Um, so please, please sign up. Um, we'll be doing lots of public event, launch events soon. Thanks so much. I am going to introduce uh, Alexandra of the Socialist Feminist Working Group. Hi, folks. Um, my name is Alexandra Walling. My pronouns are she, her, and I'm coming to you uh, from Queens, New York, unceded Lenny LaMafia land. And I'm going to drop a quick join link for the Socialist Feminist Working Group of National DSA, which I hope many of you will choose to get involved with. So socialist feminists know there can be no socialism without liberation from gender-based oppression. Breaking the shackles of patriarchy will be a generations long struggle, but much important work could be accomplished in the first 100 days of socialists in office. Uh, socialist feminists know that abortion should be available, must be available free and on demand. Uh, in our first 100 days in office, socialists would not only repeal the Hyde Amendment, which prevents federal funds from flowing to abortion providers, and then the global gag rule that prevents foreign aid from going to abortions abroad, uh, both commitments which Joe Biden has made, but also ensure that Medicare for All legislation explicitly names abortion as a form of health care that will be available free at the point of service and covered for all people in the United States. Socialist feminists also know that reproductive justice means that people should be free to raise their children in safety and free from poverty. For this reason, we call for legislation that would guarantee paid parental support to all parents in the first years of their children's lives, regardless of gender and of the employment status of the parent. We also call for free universal childcare, and we would like to highlight the universal pre-K legislation recently passed thanks to the organizing efforts of comrades in Portland DSA as a model for DSA organizers across the country. Socialist feminists support the efforts of sex workers to organize and demand the decriminalization of sex work and workers' rights for all sex workers. 
We also know that socialists have not always led the way on these issues. Unfortunately, Bernie Sanders voted for SESTA-FOSTA, legislation that has made sex work more dangerous for sex workers. Uh, we hope that in the first 100 days of an actual socialist administration, uh, we would not only repeal SESTA-FOSTA, but work toward the full decriminalization of sex work. Socialist feminists wholeheartedly support the efforts of survivors of sexual and domestic violence to seek justice. Survivors of domestic violence and sexual assault face high economic burdens in the aftermath of violence due to healthcare costs, lost wages, loss of housing and moving expenses, interruptions in education, and more. As socialists, we know that the best protections against this kind of economic injustice will be universal benefits programs like Medicare for All, decommodified and expanded public housing, and free public education with student loan debt forgiveness. These kinds of universal programs would ensure that no survivor would have to prove their victimization in order to have enough money to live safely and recover fully. But we also advocate that in the first 100 days in office, socialist feminists support an overhaul of victim compensation funds, which typically require victims of violence to cooperate with law enforcement in order to have access to cash aid. As socialists, we know that all too often police fail to help survivors and, unfortunately, frequently commit acts of sexual violence themselves. For these reasons, we support legislation which would remove the requirement for victims to file a police report or cooperate with police in order to access cash aid. As socialist feminists, we know that we cannot achieve socialism without liberation on the basis of gender, and we know that we cannot end patriarchy without engaging in class struggle. To learn more about socialist feminist theory and practice, and to get involved with the National Working Group, we invite you to participate in the upcoming Socialist Feminist Day School, which is kicking off on January 30th at 4 p.m. and which will run every other Saturday for eight weeks. Uh, uh, and come talk with us about labor, uh, sex work, uh, reproductive justice, social reproduction theory, and other topics, the practice and the theory of socialist feminism. Uh, and we will fight and we will win. Thank you, everybody. The second part of this episode will feature speakers from the Afro-Socialists and Socialists of Color Caucus, the International Committee, and other parts of DSA. Join us in thinking aloud about how our day-to-day -day work during Corona can cohere into a battle plan for democratic socialism after it. <laughs> <laughs>